It was odd when people didn't see her at the wetlands. She loved its tranquilness and the occasional animals. Unfortunately, animals attract predators. One such being couldn't accept her rejection and ensured she never left her beloved wetland. She became a Thai restless spirit, P. Thai Hong. And this is Legends from the Pacific. Aloha, and thank you for joining us. This is Legends from the Pacific, episode 116, Thailand's Restless Spirits, P. Tai Hong. I am Kamuela Kanashiro, a native Hawaiian professional writer, speaker, and Comic-Con panelist with extensive film and television experience. I study mythology, I've encountered unusual things, and I'm a geek. Our ebook, Legends from the Pacific, book one, is now available on Amazon. These are variations of our stories from episode 1 through 50. So support our show and click the link in our show notes to purchase your copy today. Later in this episode, your featured song, Hawaiian Word, and a holiday game recommendation. But first, let me share with you Thailand's Vengeful Spirits. As usual, I apologize for any mispronounced names or words and appreciate your understanding. Thailand has many ghosts, and the P. Thai Hong sometimes just referred to as P-Tai, are specifically those who suffered a cruel or violent death. The term Tai-Hong loosely translates to a violent or unnatural death. Another factor in creating these ghosts is they may not have been given proper funeral rites. P-Tai-Hong can be a nuisance because part of their anger comes from them not being able to fulfill their dreams or life goals. Following an individual's death, you should avoid where they died because if they become a P-Tai Hong, they will be very restless during the weeks following their violent passing. P-Tai Hong can possess individuals. Exercising them involves giving them offerings to leave. If compromises cannot be met, whipping is employed until the ghost abandons the possessed body. Thai culture really doesn't mess around. David smiled as Thailand's countryside flooded him with childhood memories and the trouble he and his brother, Kusa, got into. He told his stories to his three children, two of which played with their Nintendo Switch. He scowled. Don't worry, his wife said. I'll take them away when we get there. Dad, David's youngest son, Michael, turned from the window to face him. What else did you do? David smiled and shared another childhood adventure. When they arrived at David's childhood home, his brother Kusa and their mom stood in the center of their relatives. David introduced his kids to everyone. The relatives called David and his family unusual names. Michael tugged his mother's dress. Why are they calling us those words? His mother grinned. They're calling us by our birth names. Michael scratched his head. But my name is Michael. You have two names. Michael looked up to his mother. How many last names do I have? One, Michael's brow furrowed. Are you sure? Yes, now go play with your cousins. As the conscripted teenagers complained about taking the visiting family's luggage into the house, 
Michael trudged behind the kids, running for the woods. Michael's older brothers yelled and cheered down the path. Their cousins wondered if their city-raised relatives ever spent time outdoors. The woods led to a clearing. All the kids stopped before an area with drooping trees covered in vegetation. Michael pondered having two names while everyone talked about the area. Swamp was what Michael's brothers called it. Wetlands is what Michael's relatives said. Michael put aside his confused thoughts and agreed with his brothers. The area looked like a swamp. An uneasy feeling made him stand closer to his oldest brother. They played in the clearing. Soon the area extended to the woods. Games morphed into hide and seek. Michael faced the swampy wetland. No one will find me there. The ground sloshed under his shoe. A chill prickled his skin. The wetland slurped under his second step. Lifting his back foot, felt like it was covered in chewed gum. Something fell on him, like one of his brothers jumped on his back, but he wasn't shoved down. Hello, my delicious little treat. A voice like nails against a chalkboard permeated his head. On the outside deck, David and the adults were halfway through their second drinks. Kusa teased David about forgetting how to speak Thai. David assured everyone he'd get it back in a few days. Crying children erupted from the woods. Their girls and boys with scrunched, tear-streaming faces ran to the adults. David's boys and the group's older children were missing. The children grabbed their parents' legs. Everyone struggled to calm the disturbed children when their screaming reduced to sharp breaths and sobbing. The group's oldest wiped his eyes. A ghost got Michael. The word ghost restarted the crying children. The adults sternly quieted everyone. David and Kusa's mother stood. Kids, go inside, now. The children rushed in. She stopped the oldest. No, take your uncles to the others. The child's jaw dropped. Don't be like that. They'll protect you. She faced Kusa. You know who to call. Now, hurry. The adults made the child run back to the others. David's wife took his side as he scanned the woods for anything resembling Michael's shape. The adults emerged from the clearing. Michael's back faced the other kids. He was six feet from them and stood straighter than any tree or post David's ever seen. Michael, David yelled. The grouped up kids spun around. Dad! David's kids ran to him. The others followed. David and his wife embraced their children while the adults scolded their kids for playing in the clearing instead of the woods. The children apologized and said they told everyone not to go in the wetlands. They don't know why Michael did. David went to Michael. Kusa stopped him. No, brother, you can't. Why not? Kusa leaned into his brother. A ghost might have your son. David scoffed. That stuff doesn't exist. Kusa gestured to Michael. This isn't natural. Kusa made a call on his mobile phone. Don't call the police, David said. I'm calling an exorcist. A guttural hum rumbled the ground. Whispering peaked David's ears. Thai words came from Michael. The child, who struggled to read simple sentences, spoke fluent Thai in a gravelly voice with falsetto accents. Michael stopped mumbling. A leathered old man with short, white matted hair kept the wetlands at his side as he approached. His dirty, white, long-sleeved button-down shirt matched his weathered khakis. His slippers were cardboard thin, and his red backpack looked like it came from a dumpster. Kusa greeted the old man and introduced him as the exorcist. 
Kusa, speaking in Thai, explained what happened. The exorcist examined the area, occasionally shaking his head and clicking his tongue. He was taken aback when he discovered David and Michael were visiting from America. The exorcist yelled Thai words at Michael. Michael cackled and resumed his guttural hum. The exorcist looked over his shoulder at everyone. Stay back. The family stepped back. The exorcist walked up to the wetland, reached into his khaki's pocket, produced a handful of something, and tossed a grain-like substance into the space between him and the ominous child. The substance hit the wetlands with a hiss, like sand or salt upon water. The exorcist mumbled a chant. Michael snarled. The old man threw another handful of the grain-like material. The ground hissed. His chanting stopped. Cold prickled everyone's skin. A frog-like chuckle gurgled from Michael. The exorcist growled, swung his backpack around, and withdrew a bullwhip. David's wife gasped. My God, what's he doing? David faced Kusa. He's not going to whip Michael, is he? The whip's crack startled the family as the exorcist whipped the air above Michael's left ear. The old man drew the whip back and yelled. David and his wife lunged for him, but their family restrained them. Get off of me, David shouted over his crying wife. What in God's name are you doing to my son? The exorcist chanted while cracking his whip over Michael. Then the child collapsed like a string-cut marinette into the exorcist's arms. The old man, quickly covering such distance, silenced everyone. Michael focused on the exorcist holding him. Thank you. The exorcist smiled, nodded, and returned him to his parents. David thanked the exorcist while Kusa act as a translator. When David discovered the old man's fee, he offered twice as much. The exorcist bowed and took his standard fee. David pocketed his remaining money. Why did this happen to my son? The exorcist nodded to the kids and said something in Thai. Kusa waved the kids away. Head back to the house. We'll be there soon. The family started back. Michael's mother carried him. He watched the men over his mother's shoulder and waved to the exorcist. The old man smiled. When the family were out of earshot, the exorcist spoke. Kusa translated. He says a girl was recently killed here. The exorcist studied the wetland and continued. He says no one's to blame except her murderer, and he hopes he can help her find peace. David shook his head. A lot of strange things happened, but I still don't believe this. The exorcist grinned at David and spoke. He says you may believe what you wish, but such mysteries require an open mind. After all, your son wasn't waving to me. Do you know who the Hawaiian volcano god was before Pele? Or who the Hawaiian god of poison was? Become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member to hear these rare stories, along with over 20 others, as well as some other nifty benefits. So click the link in our show notes and become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member today. As always, a big mahalo nui lo to our current Patreon members, whose support keeps our show going. If you like what you heard, please give us a rating and write a review. I'd really appreciate it. Holidays are around the corner, which means it's game recommendation time. Last week, I recommended the quick and very approachable card game Monopoly Deal. Yes, I used quick and monopoly in the same sentence. This week, like last year, I'm recommending a game that is the opposite of Monopoly Deal, which is Terraforming Mars. 
Terraforming Mars is a more strategy-intensive game where corporation-backed players race to collect the most points while terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars is recommended for gamers who don't shy away from games lasting three hours. While Terraforming Mars has many expansions, I highly recommend Prelude as a must-have. Prelude not only gives players more of a focused goal, but quickens playtime. So support our show by clicking the affiliate link in our show notes and pick up your copy of Terraforming Mars along with the expansion Prelude today. Our theme song is Mystery by Tavana, courtesy of High Sessions. Sound effects are by Sound Effects Factory. Our music coordinator is Matt Duffy, a.k.a. DJ Triple Bypass. Links and show notes can be found on our website, legendsfromthepacific.com, including a link to your featured song, which is Remember Me by Maya Maya Shiro, courtesy of High Sessions. Legends from the Pacific was written, produced, and edited by me, Kamuela Kaneshiro. I also wrote our original stories. Your featured Hawaiian word is Lepopoho. Lepopoho means marsh or swamp. An example of Lepo Poho is Swamp Thing protects and lives in a Lepo Poho. Once again, Lepo Poho is Hawaiian for marsh or swamp. Thank you once again for listening. Mahalo and a hui ho! I'll hold you in my heart. I'll sing us.